Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 6th of August 2021, including Amazon's psychological thriller Cruel Summer and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's bittersweet Apple TV drama Mr. Corman. And we'll also be sinking our teeth into Cooking with Paris. Hmm, yes, more of that later on Netflix and taking a slightly delayed Jungle Cruise courtesy of Disney+. Plus. But first, Ian... Do tell me, what is in the news? Well, the upcoming Disney Plus murder mystery series, which is called Only Murders in the Building, follows three strangers, played by Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez, who share an obsession with true crime and suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one. And yes, they record a podcast about it. What else is in the news, Hannah? Of course they do. Course they um, do. Well, there's a brand new comedy series, Late Night Mash, um, which will air on Dave later this year. And it's hosted by Nish Kumar. It's a continuation of the successful show, The Mash Report. I don't know if you like that, Ian. Um, it aired on BBC Two for four series and it will feature Kumar and a team of comics. So that's definitely one to look out for. Fair enough. Well, I would say this week it's very much a podcast of two halves. In, from my point of view, anyway. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to start with one of the highlights, which is on Apple TV. It's a new series, and it's called Mr. Corman. Here is a clip. I know I can be negative sometimes. It's not how I want to be. Nothing is perfect. I don't know why that's so hard for you to see. The question is... What do you do now? When your name is just a name, is just a name, just a name. So this is very much a passion project for Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who you will probably know from Third Rock from the Sun, the long-running alien sitcom, 500 Days of Summer, the film, and of course, Inception. This series, he wrote it, He's directed it. He stars in it as the teacher, Mr. Corman. And it's partly inspired by his own life, although obviously he's not a teacher. Josh Corman, played by Gordon Levitt, he's a teacher whose dream of becoming a musician didn't work out. He's split up with his fiancée. He's living with his best mate. He starts to suffer from anxiety. It's a comedy drama, I would say. Episode one is terrific, so... <laughs> He decides his friends are all hanging around just wanting to play video games and eat pizza. But he wants to go out and, you know, he feels like he, something's lacking in his life. He wants to get out there. So he goes out and it's one of the best hookup in a bar scenes I've ever seen. It's, it's really well done. And at the end of it, it suddenly goes into this kind of fantasy sequence, which is a hallmark of this series. So it's quite introspective. He's great in the lead role. It's also got Deborah Winger from An Officer and a Gentleman playing his mum i'd say it's it's more on the drama side than than the comedy side it's very bittersweet because he is dealing with this sense of failure of emptiness that he's not come up to scratch in his life but i just think it's really really well done well written well acted and and it takes plenty of time it just it feels very natural and then each scene is given enough room to breathe so 
I really like it. I, I feel it's quite unusual. I don't really feel like I've seen something like it before. Did this resonate with you, uh, Hannah? Do you feel, this, is there something missing in life? No. Well, well, it may well be. And I mean, I wouldn't like to, too deep for this podcast, I fear. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I agree. I completely um, enjoyed the first episode of this. Um, it is a bit of a vanity project in a way, isn't it? But it, And sometimes they they cannot really deliver but it, I think it does in this instance and particularly at the moment I think where we see sort of heightened anxiety globally um, whether it's because mm. of the pandemic or whatever it really hits a hits the right note I suppose because this is somebody who wouldn't you wouldn't expect we didn't expect to have this sort of this anxiety and this sort of this panic um uh, is a teacher and is brilliant w- with the students let's be honest um and actually, the Vanity Project doesn't turn into something just all about him. It is about him, because the main character. But you know what I mean? He's, he's very... Um, it, it delivers, I think, on, on a lot of levels. And it is, it is funny, too. It is. And I love, at the end of the first episode, <laughs> he, he realises, oh, I've, I should get back to my music, because that's my passion. So <laughs> he sits down and starts trying to play something on this synthesizer and, it, and it's just terrible <laughs> he's just plonking about <laughs> and nothing's happening so it's got really nicely observed unusual bits of comedy like that speaking of children i think the next offering is quite family friendly we're a little bit late to the party because it was released last week it's jungle cruise on disney plus hannah tell us about that it is i always get the best ones to talk about don't i jungle cruise starring the one and only dwayne johnson and of course emily blunt should we have a little listen to a clip there is a legend in the jungles of the amazon of a tree that heals all it could change the world but if it gets into the wrong hands it could awaken a great evil so if you loved Pirates of the Caribbean, then this probably is one for you. And I think that um, Disney has recognised that, you know, that, that was, you know, such a big film that why wouldn't they do more of it? And that was based on a theme park attraction and exactly the same as, as this one is. So it's another beloved Disney ride and it's getting the blockbuster treatment with Jungle Cruise. And so I think it was one of the original rides um, at Disneyland in California. And um, you see Emily Blunt, um, it's set in 1912, and you see Emily Blunt playing the part of Dr. Lily Halton, who's a botanist, and she's embarking on this mission to find the Tree of Life which has is said to have the ability to cure any illness and break any curse. And it's an adventure. It's a really fun adventure. I, I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he kind of fits here. I mean, he's so sort of typecast. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Ian, but I think he's so sort of typecast that he, he, the part that he plays kind of, it does work. Um and, he, and as I say, it's a real adventure. It's action-packed. It's it's a real family film. It's got something for absolutely everybody. Emily Blunt is as brilliant as she normally is, um, and they, it's the danger. It's the you know falling over the you know the big waterfall and the boat crashing, and it's it's done and it's it's had the real Hollywood Disney treatment. And so I think it does what it says on the tin. Is it for you, Ian? It's an interesting one. This because it's been pretty roundly <laughs> panned by the critics. And I, I remember I didn't watch Pirates of the Caribbean for ages because rather sniffily I said, well, I'm not going to watch 
a film that's based on a theme park ride. And of course, the first one was terrific, wasn't it? This is a bit of a mashup, really. It's kind of, it's got elements of the African Queen with, with Catherine Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. It's got a bit of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's got a terrific cast. I mean, I do like The Rock. I think he's, he's good value. Emily Blunt, as you say, is uh, is excellent. I think she's the best thing in it, really. But they've also got Jack Whitehall, who is playing her younger brother, Lily's younger brother, McGregor. Not only that, it's got Paul Giamatti in it and Jesse Plemons. So pretty strong cast. And also there's definitely elements of The Mummy and uh, the sort of John Hanna and Rachel Weiss uh, relationship there. They've thrown a lot at it. It's, it's written by the guys who did Bad Santa and I Love You, Philip Morris, which is a bit unexpected, I must admit. So, yeah, I, I have been on the Jungle Cruise theme park ride, actually. It was a little bit underwhelming. And I kind of a bit underwhelmed by the film in a way... I don't know. It just seems very derivative. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's just because we've seen Pirates of the Caribbean and it is roughly, like you said, this is a bit of a mashup, isn't it? And it's not terribly credible, whereas Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean is. I mean, for me, I'm looking at it through the lens of, am I going to sit down with my kids? Are they going to enjoy it? Are we all going to be happy at the end of it? Yeah, pretty much. But it's not hitting the same level as Pirates of the Caribbean. It, it would be hard to, I think, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think, yeah, you're going to get your kind of, popcorn fun out of it it sort of delivers the big lots of cgi and action set pieces and i do think the central relationship is quite fun though some people have said it lacks chemistry probably a good family film but i wasn't i wasn't really blown away by it to be honest now over on amazon prime video we have a new drama series called cruel summer and here is a clip we all want what we can't have even if we have to change ourselves to get it. You think that one day I'm just gonna be pretty and popular? Well, if that's what you want. But there are some moments in life that change us forever. Kate Wallace has now been missing for four days. Okay, so this is about the disappearance of a teenager, and uh, it centers on Jeanette Turner, played by Kiara. Aurelia. And it's quite an unusual format because it takes place on her birthday in 1993, 1994 and 1995 and, and the action moves between those three different days and usefully she looks quite different in each one. So in the first year she's a kind of rather nerdy teenager with braces. In the second one she's all got all kind of trendy and popular and in the third one, uh, she's chopped her hair very short and she's very kind of moody and unhappy. When it started off, I thought, well, it's going to be a kind of rites of passage, teens hanging out in the mall kind of thing. But actually, the more I watched of it, the more I enjoyed it. So I don't want to give too much away because Jeanette's life changes dramatically over these three years. And that is linked with the disappearance of a very popular girl from her school. And I just think it's 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 really well done. Also, you may notice Michael Landis playing her dad. And I was thinking, where do I know him from? <laughs> I had to look it up. And of course, he played Amelia Fox's love interest in Silent Witness, which is coming back, of course, with a slightly different cast. So yeah, I, I was impressed by this. I like the format. I, I don't want to give away the big twist, but I'm, I can't wait to find out how it pans out because it's basically there are two people with different versions of what's happened 
which one is telling the truth. But yeah, I thought it was good, much more than just a teen drama. What did you think of this, Hannah? Yeah, it's quite creepy, isn't it? It sort of messes with your mind a little bit. Uh, it's not something that I obviously would have been was sort of warm to and think, oh yeah, this is something for me. But I think it has been really quite well done. And you're right, you don't want to give away the the twist to it, but there there is there is a twist. Um, but it's also it's 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 quite authentic. It's quite it's quite credible to a point. I think, would you say? And I think that gives you that feeling immediately. You think of uh, Banana Rama. Don't you when you hear the title Cruel Summer? You do <laughs> the overrated Banana Rama, I would say. But anyway, that's by the by. But yeah, well, that's, I another, mean, that's another conversation. I think it's got a slight element of single white female, hasn't it? The plot without giving too much away. Um, but yeah, yeah, and, and that's why I think it's a bit creepy. It messes with your mind a bit, and I don't think you expect the expectation is not that, which is why it's good because quite often you walk into these things and you kind of you, you really know where this is going and you don't you don't with this absolutely and it does have a pretty good music soundtrack as well now we're on to the main course <laughs> tell us what you're going to be reviewing now hannah oh my goodness me and you just you give me the best ones yeah. don't you you gave me <laughs> cooking with paris of course you did on netflix Let's have a listen, shall we, before we, we rip it apart. Paris Hilton, finally sharing her culinary expertise and kitchen prowess, as you've never seen her before. That's hot. Literally. Though her kitchen is no simple life, this is Cooking with Paris. I mean, where to start? I mean, really, where to start? This is Paris Hilton. I mean, we all know that cookery shows are incredibly popular people love them and this is paris hilton who you know dare i say it entitled <laughs> um never had to probably cook a thing for herself um there she is no almost certainly not um she doesn't have an apron no 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 she's wearing like ball gowns going out clothes and there she is inviting her very famous friends we've got kim kardashian in the kitchen with her on point demi lovato you know in the sort of real you know get up that you really want wouldn't want the fat spitting on you know um and uh it was making me think about the, the kind of the, the cooks that we've had that like nigella for example that's kind of got that reputation for having that sort of sexual element with you know in the in, the, in that she's so sort of sexual in the way she talks and to a degree she sort of tries to to bring that to it as well i'm not sure it works in quite the same way but she does it and it makes you realize i mean how the other half do live i mean literally no idea cooking stuff that is completely inedible completely revolting and um one of my favorite parts was when she had a spatula and i oh god she's cooking a burger or well, it wasn't some fancy burger it wouldn't have just been some regular aldi burger but it'd be some fancy burger and um She's cooking with a spatula and um, she's like, oh my God, I burned off the diamonds off the spatula. I mean, this is so bling, this kitchen. It's it's unbelievable. And then she, she has no idea what things are. You know, she has no idea what a tong is. She has absolutely no idea. Um, it's quite funny, but I've got to be honest with you. Once you've seen one, I think you've seen them all. <laughs> 
Chiba Korean, am I being fair? I was trying to put aside my prejudices about people like Paris Hilton and the Kardashians. And I did think it started promisingly because, as you say, she's in a ball gown in the supermarket pushing a trolley. Her hair's flowing in the wind and then it kind of pans back and, and you see the camera crew and the big fan. And I thought, well, that's quite funny. Maybe they're going to kind of subvert the whole cookery show idea and of course as you say i mean she she is dreadful she got no idea what she's doing and, and they're cooking horrible well this the first episode is breakfast themed isn't it and they're cooking horrible horrible things um but really it's a bit like putting the camera on two kind of self-absorbed teenagers and just letting it run and it, i just i soon got bored and then it's it sort of interspersed between their inane chat and their rubbish cooking there's a lot of kind of pouting and looking moodily at the camera which is, is really annoying so yeah obviously it's it's not aimed at me but i i guess people who are into the the kardashian social media which is huge they might enjoy it you never know because she did another reality show didn't she i yeah she did but that was different i i don't think this has got the same depth <laughs> It's got no depth. What am I talking about? It's absolutely not. It's the most shallow thing you'll ever, <laughs> ever fry in. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's self-absorbed people, um, embarrassingly, um, and it's not even put on. I have no idea about en- anything that regular people do day to day. And, you know, holding a, you know, a chicken, and she just is revolted by it. I mean, where on earth, presumably, maybe maybe she's vegan, I don't know. I don't think she would be preparing it if she was. But, you know, presumably she eats meat or she eats chicken. No idea what that would originate, what that, what that looks like. It's just, it's just quite... <laughs> but as I say, once you've, once you've seen it once, I'm not sure you need to go back for any more. I agree, it's just wear thin pretty Mm. quickly like her spatula so (laughs) we've reached that time in the podcast uh obviously we're all watching a lot of olympics but um Mm. have you been binging on anything else hannah oh i have actually i so the olympics is obviously on um which is brilliant but i've also been watching um reclaiming amy on BBC iPlayer and um, it, I don't know if you've seen it but it, it's kind of like the friends and family of Amy Winehouse yeah and they they're kind of really revealing the sort of truth behind who she was and um, back in the day I saw Amy when she before she was famous and we, the, the press were kind of wheeled out to, to watch her play in some lovely uh, London hotel and it was a real glimpse into just how brilliant this person really was and what a sad loss of life it you know later became and and I think she's she was such a phenomena but to hear friends and family is very very touching and to try and understand who she who she really was because the wheels really did come off for an exceptional talent and I think it's very much as opposed to the feature film which was superb this is very much the story according to her mum and dad, isn't it? And her dad in particular came yeah. out of that feature film not looking too good. So this is him sort of having his say, really, isn't it? For my part, I've been watching on Netflix the series, documentary series about John DeLorean, which is called Myth and Mogul. And he's the car manufacturer. And of course, the DeLorean was famously used in Back to the Future for time travel. And as I was watching it, I was thinking, well, this does look very familiar. And there was a BBC documentary on not so long ago that actually uses a lot of the same footage and the same interviews. But it's still worth a look because 
he's such a strange character, DeLorean. For one thing, he had uh, quite dramatic plastic surgery to give himself a great big chin. It's an astonishing story, so uh, well worth a look. Now, we are nearly out of time. We've just got a few seconds to look ahead to next week, so what are we going to be talking about, Hannah? Well, we're going to be talking about a new drama, Why Women Kill, which I, I don't know why I'm really looking forward to. Meanwhile, on Apple TV+, Plus, there's a film called Coda, which stars Amelia Jones, daughter of Alid, and Marley Matlin, who you might remember from Children of a Lesser God, the deaf actress. So they play a mother and daughter in, a, in this moving family drama, which is about the child of deaf parents. So we're looking forward to that. But in the meantime... (laughs) 